Network, grow, create. New PR is hosted by UWGB PRSSA to take you deeper into conversations about internships and success tips by professionals locally and nationwide. Ask, listen, learn, act, share. Alas. I always heard the saying, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And I thought the best way to do that would be joining PRSSA, and I was right. Welcome to a new episode of New PR. Today we are joined with Max Delabru from Cousin Subs. Today we are joined with Raquel Lamel. She is an Emmy award-winning journalist turned PR pro. I sometimes wish I would have enjoyed college a little more. I was very, very career focused. But- These are just some of the professionals that we speak with on a bi-weekly basis. Ready to network? Let's go. Welcome to a new episode of New PR. Today we are joined with Kristen Brozek, School and Community Relations Specialist at Green Bay Area Public School District. She has been working in that position for almost a decade, but she has worked in public relations and marketing since she graduated from Eau Claire in 2010 with a bachelor's degree in mass communications and an emphasis in PR. She is also a PRSSA alumna. Our topics today will revolve around how important community relations is for a district, how communication has changed since COVID-19 came about, and of course, we will talk to Kristen about her professional and college journey. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yes. Um, so to start off with, describe a little bit to our audience who you are and what your current role is. Sure. So my current role, like you said, um, I've been at Green Bay Area Public Schools for almost nine years now. Um, the time has really flown. Um, it's been wonderful. Um, so we have a really small team for the body of work that we are responsible for doing at Green Bay Schools. So we have myself, a communication specialist, um, director of communications, an intern, and then a bilingual executive secretary. So um, just this really small, tiny team to support um, over 20,000 students, 3,000 staff, and over 40 buildings. So we're busy. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) and so we do internal and external communications for our department. Um, An example of internal communications would be like our staff scoop weekly e-newsletter. Media relations, so we work with our media partners in town. Um, social media, that's a big part of my job. Um, we oversee all of the district social channels and then each school has their own social media channel as well. Um, we were really proud to have gotten all of the, our schools on Facebook um, about a year ago, and that has really worked out well for us in the pandemic with communication. Um, and then at the secondary level, a lot of the schools have um, Twitter and Instagram accounts as well. Um, same with websites, we have our district channels and then we support all of our school websites and our webmasters there. Um, crisis communication, of course, with a district our size, um, we, we work through those. And then events. Um, that used to be a bigger part of my job pre-COVID. Um, with 42 schools, we always have something amazing going on um, to promote and be part of events-wise. Um, so that has changed, and I hope that picks up again when we you know, are back in person as of March 1st. Um, so that's a little bit about my role. Nice. Uh, sounds like you're a pretty busy person. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so describe your time as a student. Um, What did you enjoy most about college? And obviously, you were a PRSSA member because who wouldn't be? (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I absolutely loved college. Um, like you said, I went to UW-Eau Claire, class of 2010, um, Gold Blue Golds, have to add that in there. Um, and so I think besides, you know, really the wonderful memories and friends I made, meeting my husband, of course, um, I really enjoyed my internships that I had. Um, I had three different ones. I was, um, I worked at Big Brothers Big Sisters, and that kind of gave me my nonprofit experience. Um, I worked in the corporate communications office of Luther Middleford Hospital, which is part of the Mayo Health System. Um, and then I worked for Leonard and Finkel Public Relations, and I was kind of a longstanding intern for them. Um, I would come in uh, Christmas breaks and then summers when I was home. And so many of you probably have heard of Susan Finkel. She's just amazing PR person in the area and a mentor to me and many people. Um, so I guess internships would be something I really enjoyed in college. And then the opportunity to learn about different subjects. Um, I don't think you realize how special that opportunity is until you're removed from college. So, you know, being 11 years um, after I graduated, I would love to go back and just learn about things I'm passionate about. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and I think I kind of took that for granted. Um, I was able to take some Spanish classes. I was a sociology minor, took some world religions courses, um, but I really enjoyed that, that part of college. And then um, being part of PRSSA, that was definitely an important part of my college experience too. Um, I attended meetings with them. I went to job fairs. We took a really fun career trip, weekend trip to Minneapolis, um, where we got to tour a bunch of agencies and some corporations and really got to hear from um, seasoned professionals about what they're looking for in a new graduate, what they're looking for in a new professional. Um, we got to take some business cards home, which was pretty exciting. Um, so I, I really enjoyed those kind of experiences. And then um, a connection with a, a friend I had made through PRSSA is really what helped me find my Luther Middleford internship. Um, she was a senior and gonna be graduating and Luther didn't really wanna post the job. Um, they wanted to kind of handpick someone who'd be suitable. And so she spoke with me about applying and I put together my application and I interviewed and I ended up getting the position there. And so, you know, that was a connection that I made through PRSSA that I never would have had, um, never would have found that job without that. And I loved that job because I got to write for Network News, which was their corporate communications um, staff newsletter. So I got to interview um, really just experienced and talented doctors and nurses about all kinds of things in their field. I got to learn about the healthcare field at the time. Um, and that was a really beneficial experience for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. The going off of that connections, um, that's very important. I know many of our current um, students and e-board members, shout out to Megan, uh, have internships through PRSSA. Like PRSSA is just that networking force that gives students um, internships. Obviously you can get an internship without PRSSA, um, but it really gives you an, a better chance to then be seen. I know when I got my internship at uh, Cousin Subs as a PR intern, the first thing they looked at was if I had PRSSA on my resume and I did, and I got the resume or got the position. So in multiple connections, are made uh, through this podcast, through different events. Um, so PRSSA is definitely one of those student orgs that you should definitely join. <laughs> I agree, um, absolutely. So if you had to go back and you had to pick something that you didn't do a lot of or that you wish you could have done more of as a student, what would that be? 
So I would I would have taken an officer position for PRSSA. Um, it was offered to me at the time. I really had a lot going on. I was um, I had an after school um, program teacher job at an elementary school in Eau Claire. I was obviously had my classes, my internships. I babysat, so I was really busy, and so I didn't think I could handle it. But looking back, I think that would have been something I should have made time for, and I think that that would have been a leadership and a growth opportunity for me. Um, and so if you have that opportunity yourself, I would, I would definitely recommend you take it. Um, it's not something that you would regret. So I wish I could go back and do that. And then um, take more classes out of pure enjoyment, not just to, you know, fulfill my major. Um, and then as any old person like me will tell you, savor the time. It really truly goes by too fast. Um, the photo I have here is when my husband and I were passing through Eau Claire um, to go to a wedding in Minneapolis, and we brought, were able to bring our first son um, to the campus. And so, you know, to kind of show him around our old stomping grounds. So those, you know, you just make some wonderful memories that you'll have forever. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely going off of that, taking one of those officer positions. Um, like, I can't stress enough how many opportunities that opened up and how easy it is. I mean, yes, there's commitments, but it gives you real world experience. Um, so then once you're done with college, you can be like, oh, uh, I can put this on my resume and your future possible employers can look at that. Yeah. So, and, and I would just say too, for Green Bay School, so when we're interviewing interns, we look far less at GPA and much more at experiences and internships. Um, yes. that, that far away, more, you know, outweighs GPA for us. Nice. Take note. <laughs> um, so going, I guess, a little more into your job and going past college, um, why is communication so important when it comes to education and how is it different now um, compared to how it was before COVID-19? Sure. So um, obviously communication is vital in education, as you can guess. Um, first, it builds trust, which you need. It's very important. Um, but it also creates a positive relationships and a connection among your stakeholders. So whether that's students, family, staff, taxpayers, community members, um, it's really important to have that positive, strong relationship, which is helped to be created with communication. Um, and then I think something that is different nowadays is with um, open enrollment, there's competition among school districts. That did not used to be the case, but now there is. And so we're all trying to make sure we're filling our seats. And so um, as communicators, telling our district story is truly the key. Um, we have wonderful, amazing school districts in our, in our area. So what makes you different? And so for Green Bay schools, we have a really robust work-based learning program. Um, we have the opportunity for high schoolers to earn over hundred college credits. If they put their mind to it. Um, we have an in-house manufacturing program. Um, we have an automotive program. We have culinary arts. We have um, opportunity to get your CNA. Um, like truly the opportunities are endless in Green Bay. And so for our department, we are always trying to tell that story that whatever kind of learner you are, um, there's a place for you in Green Bay. And so that, I think that is an important part of, of communication. And then to touch on how it's different pre and post COVID, um, post COVID, you know, right away when our school shut down and the pandemic hit, we started to do much more frequent communication from the top level. Um, our superintendent at the time sent out an all district staff and student email at least once a week, sometimes more. And even if we didn't have a ton of concrete details to say in that message, it was really just keeping that line of communication open with our families. Um, we didn't want our schools to close and our families 
to feel like, you know, poof, where, what, what happened? You know, we wanted to make sure that we were still there for them um, and showing them that, you know, here are ways we're supporting you during this really overwhelming and stressful time. So um, we really made sure we had more frequent communication from our district level and from our school levels as well. Um, really sharing positive stories and photos is very important, but it's much harder to get in a virtual environment. Um, you know, pre-COVID, I used to just be able to take my phone or our video camera and go to, go to a school and um, get exactly what I, I wanted, um, photo and video of students engaging in learning activities. And that is just a lot more difficult in a virtual environment. So, um, but as communicators, that's our job, right? We, we still need to find those stories and make that happen. Um, so the photo I have here on my slide is, it was like a beautiful, sunny, warm day in November. And so two elementary students at Tank took their virtual learning, all their technology, their headphones, sunglasses, laptops outside to learn. Um, and, you know, the sweet little girl is raising her hand and engaging in her learning. And that had over, you know, almost 4,000 people had um, it reached on Facebook. And so it just was another reminder that people want this information. You know, they want to see those positive learning stories. And so we need to make sure that they're getting that. And then, um, Kind of a post-COVID tactic that we employed too was, as communicators, we know that um, people want to get their communication in different ways. And so we wanted to make sure that we were communicating in any and all ways possible. Um, so from the district level, we typically try to send out um, a phone call and email. We do a text message. We have an app you can sign up for in the app store and you can get pinged. Um, we share on our social media and websites. And then we also implemented um, talking point software this year, which is a really cool tool where teachers can actually communicate with a family who speaks a different language than them. So an English speaking teacher can text with a Hmong speaking parent, and the software translates it. And so this was an effort to make sure that again, that line of communication is open um, during this really important time. Um, and then from the district level, equity is really important to us and also um, to our department. And so we make sure that our communications always go out in our four core languages, which is English, Spanish, Hmong, and Somali. So we work really hard at that. Um, and then finally too, um, we created a parent communication webpage right off the bat that holds all of our communication um, since last March. So all of our communications from our district level in all four languages are housed there. So if staff members or parents um, miss a communication or need to go back and look at something, they have a place where they can do that. Awesome. Yeah, just listening to all those different ways um, that you described communicating, like one of the things that I find amazing is pre-COVID, we were in person and people went to the classrooms and there was technology, but the technology really got pushed into like performance, pushed into actually being used um, due to COVID. And I just find that amazing that People were able, obviously, some people take a little longer to catch on to technology, but it really pushed them and utilized us to use technology as effective and efficient as we can. So, Absolutely. And our technology department was amazing because really we're having 20,000 kids and a lot of people not having a great internet source. We had to employ hotspots, additional devices. Our technology team was working overtime to making sure our kids had what they needed to learn. Um, and I think a lot of parents were actually impressed with their kids and didn't realize how much their kids knew technology wise too, because our kids are resilient and they ended up really doing a great job adapting. Um, but I wanted to share kind of a tactic that we used as well for communication post COVID was 
our Parent Gateway webpage. Um, and so we started this um, with tips for how to log into your Chromebook, um, how to, as a parent, how to access Google Classroom, how to open different apps, um, what's online etiquette, because I think parents really realized like, oh my gosh, my kid did this at school, but I didn't, I don't know how to help them with this. So we need to educate the parents as well. And so trans, um, adding this webpage and then adding translation when available really helped parents feel seen and heard that this virtual learning thing is not easy, but we are here to help you. Um, I think that was kind of an important tactic that we employed as well. And then um, something else we did communication wise was we created a Facebook campaign weekly support series called The Struggle is Real, We've Got Your Back. Um, along with our people's services team. And so we shared weekly tips for parents um, really regarding virtual learning from October to December. And these were tips like, you know, my child is not motivated at all and doesn't want to get out of bed to log on. How do I help him? Or my daughter is so antsy during the day. How do I give her movement breaks? And all these things that we didn't have to learn, you know, know about before virtual learning, they, those were just done in the classroom. But now parents needed to be employing those skills. So um, we created these tips and posted them on Wednesdays at one o'clock and the series ended up reaching, you know, more than 20,000 people organically. Um, we had a, a spot on Fox 11 to help promote it. And then it was also done in English and Spanish. And so that was just another way that we tried to really show our support, um, and our caring for our, our families. Wow. Yeah, definitely a lot of different ways, um, to communicate and to show support, um, which is really needed, especially during a pandemic that many people haven't experienced in their lifetimes. Um, so I guess now, um, obviously, community involvement's a little different now since the pandemic, but describe um, why community involvement for the school district is important and how has it kind of evolved um, during the pandemic and still used? Sure. So I think once the schools abruptly closed in March, people really realized like, wow, public schools are the backbone of our society um, with all of the services that we support for our students and families. And so part of those services was meals. Um, so since March, we have served 2 million meals to our students and families, um, breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner meals. And this is a big communication community service initiative in itself because we had to create a logo. We called the grab and go meals. We had to create meal sites, a website, um, and these meal sites still operate today as we are still virtual and they will continue to operate when we go back in person. Um, but this was just a way that we made sure we were involved in our community. We also worked with Feeding America to, um, you know, offer weekend um, meals for people. Um, we've always had a really robust community partnership program with Green Bay Schools. We've always been really proud of that. Um, but it was just even more ramped up during COVID and we were able to provide weekend meals for kids, books, new shoes, clothing, dental care. Um, and then we made sure that our department was really promoting these opportunities um, to our community and giving our, partner, our partners credit for the great work they were doing, doing during a difficult time. Um, so we felt that was important to share that positive story as well. And then finally, um, along with our educational websites that we created during COVID, we also made sure to add um, community resources. So where could you find food for the weekend? Where could you get discounted internet services? Um, how can you address mental health needs for students and families? Um, we felt that was really important to um, make sure that we were helping to educate and help the whole person um, during just an extremely difficult time. Nice, yeah, um, the going off kind of 
your meals serving and the way to give back to the community. Um, I pass a couple of schools on my way to work and on my way to um, the university. And I just see those banners saying lunch is still provided. Yeah. Uh, actually, a couple of my employees, they have um, children that go to um, school and that's where they usually get their meals from. And to have that not happen um, is bad. So it's very good that um, the school district, as you said, provides this um, for those families, because a lot of families, that's where their children eat. Um, and that's where they get their lunch and sometimes breakfast from. Um, so yes, it's very important. And that's just an amazing thing to be involved um, with the community for. Yeah, we know that that well-fed kids are, are better learners. So that's a really high priority for us. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I guess going more into um, your perspective, if you had to pick a favorite part of your job, what would that be? So far and away, it has to be telling the amazing stories of our students and families. Um, I linked this this video here because early in the pandemic, we shared um, kind of an original song piece that our Southwest High School musical students put together as kind of a twist on the song Glory. Um, and it just showed how talented and resilient and intelligent and special our kids are. And that's my favorite thing. Like sharing that story with our community is just an honor. Um, I also had shared a, our Black History Series graphic here that we're doing. So we uh, asked staff members to share um, what Black history means to them. And so we're sharing that now during this month. Um, and like I said, telling that, telling that amazing story of, of, our, of our students and staff is, is a privilege and my favorite part. Yeah. Um, so I love that you brought up Southwest High School. I actually graduated from Southwest. Oh, really? Awesome. That was where I went to high school. So, and I know the choir department there is just so amazing. Um, I believe Brandon Rockstrow is still there. Yes, um, he's actually in the um in the, the video clip. He is phenomenal. Golden Apple Award winning teacher, just exceptional. The kids love him. So yeah. yeah. I was more of a band guy, so I okay. didn't really do choir, but we were we were always commingling because we're like, oh, choir, band, same thing. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. And I haven't seen that video, so I'm going to need to check it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Please watch it. It's worth it. Yes. Yeah, so if you had to pick a challenge um, on the flip side of your job, uh, what would that be? So the challenge would have to be that the workload is overwhelming. Um, it keeps us busy and we love it. But, you know, like I said, small team to support a large district. Um, there's always a need. Sometimes people think that, you know, oh, it'll be quiet during Christmas or summer, and it never is. <laughs> there, there's always something to do. Um, and then I would say, too, especially this year, um, we've had to work hard at taking negative comments in stride. Um, we know how this pandemic has really stressed everyone to the max, um, financially, mentally, physically, personally. And so that obviously is going to, to bring itself out in negative comments. Um, so we just, as communicators, try not to take that personally. Um, and know that people are hurting and just keep doing our best for our, our students and families. And that's all we can do. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I bet you a, a lot of college students can kind of relate to the um, overwhelming aspect, especially those that work and go to school full time and have yes. internships. Um, so it's kind of a little worrisome that maybe that never goes away. Um, but... And then when you add kids into the mix, just wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's busier. Um, 
But then going kind of off of college, is there any internship opportunities available uh, for UWGB students coming up or currently? Yes. So um, after Megan leaves us, we will be very sad. She's done an absolutely amazing job. Um, she really has navigated, um, you know, the virtual part of that, the job just exceptionally well. Um, but after she leaves, we always have an intern. We really couldn't do our work without an intern. Um, they, they just do an amazing job. And so typically they do website editing and graphics, um, social media graphics, press releases, especially during event times in person, um, photography at schools. And then probably the most well-loved intern project is our Faces of GBAPS series. And if you follow Humans of New York on Facebook, it's similar. Um, we pick students and staff and we also get recommendations of people to feature. Um, and then we share these on social media and then in our staff newsletter. And they always get just exceptional engagement and our interns just always say that that's their favorite part of the job. So um, yeah, so that's great. So if yeah. you, you know, reach out to me if you're, if you're interested in the future because um, we, we'd love to, love to have you. Yes, and for all those listening, um, we've had many PRSSA members um, get internships um, at the Green Bay Area Public School District, so take note. Um, so then for you, Kristen, uh, if you had one communication success tip for students, what would that be? So of course I have two, <laughs> um, but I would say, I touched on this before, but to me, diversifying your internship experience to figure out what you are passionate about is of the utmost importance. Um, for me, my internship at Big Brothers Big Sisters and my after-school program job cemented for me that I wanted to be in a field that advocated for kids, but we all have those interests and those passions. And so sometimes um, if you just stick with your classes, it's difficult to figure out what, what you really truly enjoy. Um, and it sounds cliche, but your working life and your career is really too long to not do something that you enjoy. So um, I would just employ you to, to follow your passion in that way and make sure that you're diversifying your experiences. Um, and then I have to put in a plug for PRSA. Um, I joined right after college. Um, it was, a, it, I, I, I've loved it. I've met so many amazing professionals that have turned into friends. I've had leadership opportunities and experiences. Um, they have exceptional programming opportunities. There's some travel opportunities for conferences. Um, I found out about my current job by being in PRSA. And so I would just really employ you that whatever city you land in, look up your local PRSA chapter and join. And often, you know, don't be afraid to ask your employer um, if, if they do any kind of professional development programming, because um, oftentimes your employer will pay for your membership or for your programming, because it, it is a great professional development opportunity. Um, so don't be shy in looking up PRSA. Um, they're all, we're, you know, we're warm and welcoming people. We're communicators. So, um, it's just a great net networking chance. Awesome. Yeah. And I know we discussed a lot today, um, from communicating in the school district, from your time as a college, um, in college. And we thank you for coming on the show today, Kristen. And how could people get into contact with you if they have questions or want to learn more about internships? Sure, absolutely. So you can always email me, um, kmrosic at gbaps.org. You can find me on Twitter at kmhartman. Um, and then our PRSA Northeast Wisconsin chapter handle is PRSA New. So you can find us there as well. And I'm, I'm happy to, to speak with you. So feel free to reach out, don't be shy. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Kristen. 
Thank you. With my pleasure. Like what you heard? Make sure to share this podcast with a friend and rate us on Apple Podcasts. After that, follow UWGB PRSSA on Instagram and Facebook. And if you are itching to get involved, please visit us at uwgbprssa.com. Until next time, continue to network with professionals and grow your skill set to create your story.